to the light gate. Hope everybody's uh, holiday was uh, warm and special and that all your relatives who served were honored in, in, in great I'm ways. Hold on. So I'm having a mix up. Okay. We're done with that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so we're, we're live streaming to you from the beautiful city of New Orleans at the United Public Radio Network at 107.7 FM and the UFO Paranormal Radio Network at 105.3 FM. We are on Roku, we are on Facebook, we are on YouTube, and many, many, many other platforms. We have a great radio audience. Sometimes uh, some of our people on radio only cannot see what we're presenting, so we're going to try and endeavor really hard to describe everything. Thank you very much, and take it away, Preston. <laughs> Thanks, Dolly. Yeah, thank you all for joining us tonight on The Light Gate. Pretty excited. I think this is show number 29, so we're moving along. And I, of course, am Preston Dennett, researcher, author, experiencer. And my lovely co-host is Dolly Safran, subject of the book Symmetry and a lifelong experiencer. And we're going to have fun tonight. And I'll get to our guests in a second. Yes, you heard me right. Guests. We have a surprise guest joining our main guest. But just want to say hi to all you guys because we truly appreciate that y'all come here each week to listen to us talk and explore this amazing subject of UFOs and, of course, the paranormal and all that comes with it. And let's just see who we've got here today. Let's see. Gustavo Marcelo Blanco. Thanks for joining us. And, of course, John P. Adventures. Always happy to see you. Obito. Hello, Renee Cruz. How are you doing? Well, I hope. Let's see who else. Hector Gonzalez. Ah, from New York City. I've been there. It's a really... The city that never sleeps for sure <laughs> i stayed actually in a, a penthouse apartment of a famous soap star our family did happen to have a connection there let's see who else do we have here brian morgan yeah doing well brian hope you are too tonight's show is going to be amazing um, who else do we have here tools who has opened up a little chat group on Discord. So yeah, that should be all kinds of fun. And of course, Dolly Saffron is here <laughs> in chat. Um, hi, Janice. Great to see you. Maria, Maria. Hello and namaste. So very generous and lovely of you. Thanks for joining us. Thank you so much for the generous super chat donation. And oh, good. I'm here too. Hey, me. That's my alternate Hi, personality. <laughs> Fun Talks TV, Louise. Greetings from New Jersey. Hello, my Earthling friends. Let's see who else do we have here? Christopher Harmon and Sergio Boner Stabone. Real Badger. How are you doing, Real Badger? Always awesome to see you here. And Star Orchard, Orchid. Sorry, Star mm -hmm. Orchid Eight. Allison Carr, the is that an emoji that's supposed to come up? I'll figure that out one day. But thanks for joining us, Allison and Terry and Liana. And of course, hi, it's Alicia. Yes, that is so kind of you. 
favorite people. Oh, we love you so much. Linda Catlett, hello. Hope you're having a wonderful evening. Oh, Terry, thanks so much for the super chat. You guys, that helps quite a bit uh, because there are some expenses that you might not be aware of to get this show running. So we truly, truly appreciate all that you can do to help support the show. CT, guitar guy. Ah, a cat. Yes, the cat is kind of a ghost cat anyway. She gets walks through walls, I swear, sometimes. Okay. Oh, I already said, how do you CT guitar guy? And oh, from Australia, Kayleen White. Awesome. And Susan, our prior guest and a chapter in my book. Hope you're doing well, Susan. Thanks for being here. I love you forever. Doxy, lots of people here tonight. Thank you so much. Scarlet Fire, yay. Who else do we have here? Central Wisconsin, did I already bring you up? Good. Grandmaster. Social Center. A lot of you guys. Boy, we have busy chat already. Tools and Musalavi and Thirsty and Don Curtis. Yay. Oh, and Chris Teen. Yay. Bonneville, all the way from Denmark. Very cool. I love how this show reaches out all the way across the world. Raul Melendez. Oh, we love you too. And thank you so much for your. Very generous super chat. Very much appreciated. But yeah, let's get to the show because we can say hello to you guys all night long. And do get your questions in nice and early because we would love to have a lot of questions in tonight's show. Both our guests are actually return guests, returned by popular demand. They were very popular shows. And so we brought them both back. And tonight I am super excited to bring back Raphael Lugo and Jake Robbins. Now, both were prior guests on the show. Of course, uh, Raphael Lugo had some technical difficulties the last 15 minutes of the show. So we really wanted to bring him back, if only because of that, but also because he's had so much more to share. And let me just tell you a little bit about him in case you don't remember. Rafael Lugo is, in fact, a hip-hop artist, also a contactee, a speaker, a documentarian, a documentary that we're going to be talking about tonight, a podcaster as well. He's a Bronx, New York native, and since age of five, has been visited by many different ETs, greys, tall greys, insectoid mantis beings, and hybrids. Uh, he definitely believes he's part of this whole hybridization thing going on. And he went from gangster rap to what he calls high vibrational, multi-dimensional hip hop. So we do have his links in the show notes, but he's now using his abilities to make positive music and educating the masses about his contact with our family from the stars. His music is all about peace, love, and positivity, while at the same time enlightening people uh, who are able to receive the knowledge handed down from the stars. So he's been doing everything in his power to educate the people through his podcast called The Hybrid Podcast. 
and a Facebook group as well called CE5ET Connection, Calling All Hybrids. And as I mentioned, is currently in the post-production stages of his documentary. So super excited about that. And also along with him is his friend uh, and experiencer and researcher and podcaster, Jake Robbins. And if you remember our show with Jake Robbins, he also has a podcast, which let me see if I can bring that up here. It's called Aliens, UFOs, and Ghost Stories podcast. He's had lifelong experiences, has a huge connection with owls, still ongoing. He had one just last night. So super excited to have both these wonderful gentlemen back on. And we're going to have an amazing time because we have two guests tonight. And I will just pop them here onto the stage. There's, Hi, Rob. <laughs> There's Jake. Okay. How are you How doing? Are you? Hello. <laughs> doing well. Doing well. Hope you are too. How are you? How are you doing, Jake? Oh, really good. I'm glad, uh, glad you guys had me back. I love talking with you guys. Ah, there's the thing. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, so um, there we go. All set up. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks so much, guys. Raphael, your show is so popular. <laughs> oh my gosh! I, I just I feel so blessed and honored to have been on here not once but now the second time. I don't know if, if those that didn't get a chance to listen to the first pod, I am convinced that they blacked out a, a four, pretty much a four block radius of my whole like apartment complex. So for those that don't know, I live in the Denver area. And at the time, I'm kind of like two hours back as far as time zone goes for the people on the east side. But for those in the mountain time, it's it's currently like seven and change. So at the time when we were speaking, it was a little later, but there was no signs that a blackout was going to happen. I mean, there was no wind, no rain. And out of nowhere in the middle of our conversation, just everything went black so i thought it was just my apartment or maybe just the building in my apartment complex so i went out to investigate a little bit further and to my knowledge i looked across the street at the other apartment complex started looking at street lights noticed the gas station and literally for a couple of blocks i think all around it was completely blacked out now there's no way to prove that it was because <laughs> of some of the kooky information that we was bringing to the table at the time but i mean you know i'll just put it out there and, and let you guys <laughs> speculate on that but anyway it was an amazing pod and i would love to speak a little bit more about some of the stuff that i got going on and as well some of the stuff that i wasn't able to um touch on the last pod so once again preston and dolly thank you so much for having me <laughs> on for the second time and to have my boy jake on here my my man jake good friend of mine aliens ufos and ghost stories podcast so i think this is going to be a very special podcast and i just can't wait i can't wait to see where it goes yeah yeah jake your podcast was also very popular people loved you they really resonated with your story so it's so awesome to have you both of you together. I think this is the first time we've ever done um, two guests at oh, once. Time, so, right. Oh yeah, that's well, so I'm honored. Cool. I, I love talking with you guys. Yeah. Thank you. Very okay. cool. Well, who wants to start? I'm dying <laughs> to know anything you got going on right now. Anything. I, I, I think Raphael should start. 
I I have no problem with taking the lead. Um, well, I'll I'll start with a little bit about myself as far as my experiences go. So I do believe to have had contact and have been blessed to have had contact with multiple beings. Now, I want to preface this by saying that although a lot of the experiences in the beginning to me were very scary, terrifying, just due to my lack of knowledge to what was happening to me, as well as my family not being so open. I mean, every time I would express to a family member that this was happening to me, it was either a demonic force that was attacking me or if it was, it was a bad dream. Now, to to give them a little bit of leniency, right, and leeway, they they wasn't really versed on the subject as well. And due to the religion that we was um, raised in, which I was raised a Jehovah Witness, not a practicing Jehovah Witness at the time, but that is a very strict religion for those that don't know. And um, I just, it, it just wasn't a conversation that I can bring on in the house, which brought about kind of a lot of complications in my later years due to my experiences because they did keep happening. So a lot of my talks and a lot of the things that I like to at least let people know about these experiences is in the beginning for those that might be going through this, it's not all peaches and cream, peace, love and light. It usually takes a very long process of like a dark night of the soul type deal before we get to the whole loving and understanding of the knowledge and download. Some of us get that knowledge a lot faster. Some of us get, you know, a lot shorter of a time to deal with the negativity of it. But I do want to say that all my experiences till this day have been positive. And if I ever express anything negative about my experience, it wouldn't be to say that the beings were doing something negative to me, it would be more of my lack of understanding in what was happening in the situation. So in the beginning, when I was five, I've had contact with what I consider to be the greys, the little short guys that come into the room. Um, I, I do want to ask this question before I continue on. Now, I've noticed that they tend to move in threes, yes. if that makes any sense. And I wanted to know why that is, because I always see, hear other people's stories when they talk about the greys coming into the room. And it's always three little guys. And for me, it was the same way. One at the foot of my bed, one at the door and another one behind the one at the door in the hallway. And I just wanted to know, Dolly or Preston, do you know anything? It's scientific and psychological. Uh, three, if there's one, you have a ten, most humans have a tendency to want to obliterate it. They'll go after it. Okay. If there are two, they have to track two of them, but they'll go for one and then the other. If there are three, they're tracking emotionally and mentally tracking three of them, and they now think they're outnumbered. It's a human uh, thing. I've got one, uh, I can get him. Two, yeah, I can take the other one, but three, no way. And that's. Makes it helps them uh, make you not come after them because they are easily harmed. They're AI and they break easy. So that's why. Yeah, and we well, see this with human beings as well. If you send people out on a mission, you don't want to send one guy because what if he gets you know taken down and two guys, well, then they're, they're going to be separated. So with three people, you have someone who can go back, get help, someone to stay, help the person who needs help. Um, so it's a very common thing, even among I, 
I love hearing this because I didn't even think about those two things. And that makes so much sense now that I, now that I bring it. Yeah. And, and yeah. For, for one of them to be in the room. And that's how I explained as far as the, the way they put you under a kind of sleep paralysis control type deal. The way I explained that is it's more for their protection and not for us. Now, you know, it's I want to explain that now I've been directed that I can now, explain a few things, okay? Cool. So That's amazing. Some, some truth. When the white light comes in and they send down the bluish light beam, that is an interdimensional beam. And once you're in that beam, you are either outside of it or in it. If you're outside of it, looking in it as they're coming in the room, you, you are out of their time. They're out of your time. And your brain is trying to perceive them as moving through this linear time when they're in another and they tend to move very, very slowly. So you think you're frozen. You're, you're not tracking it as, mm. as it's actually occurring. If you're in the blue light and you're going with them, people tend to see them moving uh, normally and that you realize that you're now moving somewhat, even though you're constrained by the, 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 it's a, like a beam. It's a light beam, a ribbon that you go yeah. into. And it constrains you. So it's not holding you. You can stick your arms out of it if you want to. You can move around in it. But it's when you're perceiving them, the light coming at you, it's total, two totally different. Uh, one's out of time, one's in time. And you just, you think you're constrained or you're moving. You know, you can't move. It's really weird how that works. It's both oh, ways. Okay. Well, it is weird. Would... There's one case of a lady I interviewed, Charmaine Scott. I'll never forget it. She was in Louisiana. A UFO came down over her and she was frozen. She felt absolutely great. She had been in absolute fear. This beam comes over her. She's tranquil. She's in this incredible sense of peace. But her friends are right outside the beam of light and they can move around and everything's fine. And she says they were like a world away. Finally, one of them reached into the light and pulled her out. And that's when she completely could, could move again, became scared all over. And off they went running for their quote lives <laughs> wow that that wow. that blows my mind because um yeah i i totally understand that like sometimes i would mention like there's this huge ufo just floating in the middle of this sky right in my driveway and i know I'm in my driveway and I can look at the houses around me and there's nobody peeking out a window. There's nobody, everybody's just not interested in this massive. And I'm thinking about the cars that might be driving maybe a couple of blocks away. How are they not looking up at the sky and seeing this UFO? And then I also notice that in my driveway, there's no wind. The trees ain't moving. I hear no insects. I barely, I don't hear anything. I just see the UFO and the light. And it's like, it's yeah. like I, I once explained that I had two researchers come over my house, Miss um, Denise Stoner and Miss mm -hmm. Terry Lynch. When I first was having these, you know, I would say like the PTSD in the beginning, I didn't know what was happening to me. I started reaching out to other researchers and other contactees and experiencers, and they ended up coming to my house. And Miss Terry Lynch told me a story that was quite interesting. She said that because I asked her this very same question that I just asked you guys, like, how how is it this massive UFO and no and nobody sees it? And she told me that there was an incident when 
I guess they did like a massive, like her whole either neighborhood or her whole block in which she lived in. Everybody was being taken at the same time. But for some reason, the whole hypnotism or the whole kind of thing that comes over you when these beings are around didn't quite happen to her. And she was in her kitchen and she was very lucid up like normal. And she ended up walking outside to her driveway and everybody in her neighborhood was pretty much in a trance outside the driveway and there goes these trucks and i won't say like exactly the way she explained it it's her story to tell but from what she says there was these trucks and people in the neighborhood were just getting put in these trucks and she didn't like i she was like there's there's so many different techniques in which these beings or these operation which might be covert or otherwise yeah. they can do certain things with technology that hasn't been disclosed yet so to us it seems like weird kooky magic but it's, it could be a dial or a button or just you know a force field i just don't know what to call these things i'm not really you know that versed in in the well, knowledge the government of, can like, do it and right. so can the ets so yeah <laughs> yeah yeah so okay. yeah i always thought that was super interesting how they were able to just clear out anybody from seeing them another thing that i i found quite interesting on the topic of um just switching it over to like my lab stuff i've recently um extended the documentary to put in the piece in which i'm speaking about the my lab and um good i'm glad to hear that. yeah I, I i felt like it was a very important piece of the story at first we decided to keep it out but at the end we decided to extend it a little bit more and put it in there and what i'm noticing is there is a huge difference between the way our friends from the stars decide to handle these experiences or these abductions which i don't like saying the word abduction because i do feel okay. like uh, a connection we have with these beings and this is a contract that we signed a long time before we can even remember like i know i signed up for the gig but it took me a while to know that <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but um so what i was saying to the my labs when i had this experience so for those that don't know there was a night in which me and my family was having dinner and um melissa which is my beautiful wife ended up you know she was washing the dishes and she was like you know i'm gonna throw away the trash she goes to throw away the garbage and in throwing away the garbage i kind of noticed that she's outside like in the walkway with the door mm -hmm. wide open kind of just staring up at the sky frozen and i'm kind of staring at her for a little while trying to figure out what she's doing almost to make fun of her when she notices she's stuck but she's not moving at all she's stiff i walk up to her i put a hand on her shoulder and she immediately wakes up out of this trance that she was obviously in and she goes wow look how beautiful the sky is i look up i see nothing there's nothing in the sky but i decided at the time i was a cigarette smoker which i'm no longer smoking cigarettes but at the time i decided to have a cigarette and we was hanging out in the driveway and i start seeing this light ascend in the distance it's just a big beautiful golden light just ascending in the distance and i go babe look that's one of those chinese lanterns that they do i bet you we're going to see like a whole bunch of other ones start lighting up and i'm noticing that it's just there's no other ones and it stopped as it was rising and i was like okay chinese lanterns they don't stop they keep going so it has to be a helicopter and it's coming our way and that's just the light in the front so i'm waiting to like hear the propellers start coming and once again there's 
no indication that this is a helicopter. So it finally hit me and I said, oh, my gosh, I think I'm looking at a UFO right now. This is amazing. I grabbed my wife by the hand and I say, I think I'm going to try to connect to this thing. I feel like I could connect. So I say internally within myself with peace, love and light. I'm an ambassador here from Earth, and I just want to tell you with all the love I have in my heart that I would love to connect with you right now. And just so I know we're connected, can you please just move a little bit to the right? And sure enough, it (laughs) moves to the right, and I get super excited. I'm like, oh, my gosh. I, I light up. I squeeze my wife's hand. She goes, ow, 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 that hurts. And I go, oh, my gosh, I, I, I'm connected. And out loud, because I wanted the proof of my wife knowing that I was connected, I said, thank you so much for the connection. I feel the vibration. Can you please move to the left so my wife knows that we're connected? And right when I said it, almost before the words come out of my mouth, it starts shifting to the left. We both get excited, and then all of a sudden, as we're getting excited, we could see the the light start pulsating, getting smaller, flickering around a little bit, pulsating, getting smaller. And we're just excited having this beautiful interaction with this beautiful golden light in the sky. And then almost like clockwork, within a couple of seconds to minutes of us having this interaction, one helicopter starts coming from the east. Another helicopter starts coming from the West. One helicopter flies over my house. Another, <laughs> And all of a sudden, this light is now just like a movie. Like you see in Independence Day or all the <laughs> you see, there's this golden light surrounded by a whole bunch of helicopters. No exaggeration, four, five, maybe six helicopters surrounding this light. In a circular formation, all of them directed towards this light. The light is still pulsating. Me and my wife are like, this is a movie to us. We're, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if a huge mothership comes on top of that one and there's no big thing. So we're like assuming something bigger. As we're watching this play out, I'm looking to the right, which is down the street. I see this black Durango start turning down my neighborhood. And at first, it's just moving slowly, you know? So I'm looking at the Durango, looking at the light, looking at my wife, looking at the Durango, looking at the light. And sure enough, it's just moving slower. And what I noticed from this truck that it was completely tinted, black on black, black everything, black rims. And what really kind of made me go, this is fishy, was in Florida, we have a tent rule at the time this happened in Florida. We had a rule and the windshield of this, um, um, uh, it was completely blacked out. Like you couldn't see anybody that was driving in it. So that really kind of made my heart skip a beat. So, excuse me, let me mute real quick. I have to call. So that really made my heart kind of really skip a beat at that time. And I was like, whoa, this is kind of freaky so i'm still looking at these helicopters in this light me and my wife noticing the durango now it stops at the house it it didn't really stop it kind of rose up to the house next door to mines and then it pulls off a little faster than it was coming down the street to pass Mm -hmm. us and as it passes us a light flashes from this durango now i saw it as a green light my wife to this day says she saw a blue one or a red light but I 100% saw a green light and I didn't see it, which was weird. I didn't see it come out of the car like a light 
come out of the car. As the car passed, it was almost like all of my eyesight was engulfed with a green light. So that was the best way to explain it. It drives down the street and it reverse parks in another house, like kind of looking at us. I can sense the eyes from this truck looking at us. My wife gets really creeped out at that situation. And she's pretty much had enough. She goes inside. I call her a chicken. I go, oh, you want to see a UFO? And then when it happens, you're scared of the men in black, right? I'll say things like that, right? To kind of like mess with her a little bit. But it was a scary situation. Comedy is usually my way of like dealing with fear and and like uncomfortable. (laughs) <laughs> so she goes inside. I continue to look at this light, but the light completely goes dim and disappears. And now it's just a circular formation of helicopters and this Durango outside. So I'm just like, you know what? I've had enough. I'm going inside. Now, I want to say this. This is super weird. And 100, I truly believe that this is the weirdest part of the whole situation was when I walked in, my wife and I just mentioned it like, whoa, that was amazing. Right. A UFO. And normally, like if it were to happen today, it would be the topic of discussion for seven days, all we could talk about all the time. But at that specific time, it was just like, let's brush it off. Like this happens to us all the time, which doesn't make sense at all. When I think about it now, we just said, wow, that was crazy. That happened. And then changed the subject like nothing happened. So now we continue to go on with the night. Nacho Libre was on Nacho Libre. Uh, excuse me. Nacho Libre was on Netflix that night for the first time. Me and my family loved this movie. So we decided to watch it as a family. My sons, both of my kids, fall asleep on the couch at the end of the movie. And I had the old school Roku. So it kind of bounced the time on the TV screen. And I can see that is 1043 at this time. And I'm like, whoa, it's 1043. Me and my wife are talking. I'm sitting on the love seat with my back to the door. My wife is sitting on the recliner in front of me facing the door. And my two kids are asleep on the sofa facing the TV, having a conversation. And then all of a sudden, my wife hears a jiggle at the doorknob. I didn't hear it, but she hears it. She tells me to shut up. She was like, be quiet, be quiet, be quiet. Do you hear that? And I was like, hear what? And as soon as I went quiet, I can hear somebody kind of messing with the doorknob a little bit. As I'm hearing and I go, okay, somebody's messing with the door. Oh, I know what it is. It's a friend of mine. I have a recording studio at home. He didn't call. Must have been in the neighborhood. He's trying to like play a prank. I had uh, a door in which had two windows, but they had curtains. So you could just move the curtains and see who's outside. So my plan was leave all the lights off in the house and kind of creep towards the door while this person is jiggling the doorknob and then whip open the curtains. And I was going to see my friend and be like, ah, God scared you instead of you scaring me. So that was like the whole deal. As I'm walking slowly towards the doorknob that's jiggling in the darkness, my hallway, that goes to my recording studio, another bedroom and the bathroom is to the right of me. As I'm passing the hallway, I just glance and the brightest light of white light that I have ever seen in my life before I can even get to the door engulfs my whole eyesight. And then I end up waking up from that point It's like I wake up and I'm in the back bathroom of my bedroom with my shirt off, laying in the starfish formation on my back. And I'm hearing in my ears like this ringing, 
a ringing sound. My whole body feels like it's tingling, like when your arm falls asleep. And my instant, like almost like my primal instincts kicked in. And the first thing I thought of was, oh, my gosh, where's my kids? And I popped up off the floor, ran through my bedroom, back into the living room, and I come to see that my wife is now sitting in the, well, laying down in the love seat that I was sitting in, but in the most uncomfortable position. Like, nobody sleeps this way. Her knees were almost hitting her chin. She's like crouched down, almost in like a crunch formation, kind of squished in the love seat. My oldest son is laying down on the couch where both my sons were sleeping, but his feet was where the pillow was and his whole body was underneath the blanket. And then my youngest son was underneath my kitchen table holding on to his pillow and a blanket that he had underneath the kitchen table, which he's never used my kitchen table as a fort because it was a glass table. So mm-hmm. we never had to play around it. So for him to be underneath it, almost using it as a fort was weird. So I saw all this, noticed everybody was safe, didn't see no damage in the house. And my first instinct was I slapped my wife's, like I slapped her on the leg to wake her up and I was like, babe, 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 wake up, wake up, wake up. What happened when she woke up? She woke up like really from like almost confused. Like, what, what what happened? I turned to look at the TV. The TV still bouncing the time. It, it now says 2:50 something in the morning. So I just saw 1043 when I was walking to the door and saw a white light. It literally felt like I blinked my eyes and I'm in the bathroom with my shirt off. And now all of a sudden I run into the living room and it's 242, almost three o'clock in the morning. And I'm like, babe, it's three o'clock in the morning. What happened? And she was like, I don't know. The last thing I remember was you walking to the door and I saw a white light and now I'm laying here. And and that's literally my my lab story. And the only reason why I could tell the difference between when it's a my lab and when it's my friends from the stars or my family from the stars is because there was this sense of like I've had surgery before. So I know it's like to wake up from anesthesia. And there's this sort of like smell that stays in your nose and like this feeling that I remember from my lower back, like this numbing kind of weird feeling in my lower back. And I had the same almost identical smell in my nose and the same feeling in my lower back. And I've never had that feeling with any other experience I've had when I've either had like a dream state lucid experience with the ET or when I was physically taken on board physically, like I've never had that feeling. I always woke up, if anything, feeling better the day after than the day before. So, well, to, to, to finish a couple of like three days later, I'm sitting down and I'm playing Call of Duty in my living room. My wife is just going about her routine that she normally does. And I'm hearing people in my backyard. And I'm for those that don't know, I'm six foot one, 230 pounds. I come from not the best background, so I know how to defend myself. So I don't scare easy. And when I looked in this backyard and I saw these massive six foot four beefy dudes that don't like just they stood out of place. They just didn't belong in my 
neighborhood, never seen them. I go, yo, what are you guys doing in my backyard right now? Like, you didn't knock on the door. You just, oh, sorry, we're looking for a drone. We'll be out your hair in a minute. That's what they're saying to me. And I'm like, whatever. Not going to lie. Once again, a little embarrassed, but super intimidated at the size of these guys. So I wasn't really going to push the fact that they need to leave my backyard. Noticing that my wife is talking to this other lady in complete like uniform type, like fatigue pants, the whole setup, black glasses, hat. And they say, oh, we was doing a training operation in the area. We lost a drone. So we'll be out your hair in a minute. I think that that was kind of like a cleanup team that came by to make sure there wasn't nothing left behind or they didn't leave any footprints or yada, yada, yada. But once again, that's speculation. I'm just telling you guys the timeline and, and the way it happened. But that's my big my lab story. And I would love to hear your thoughts on that. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's there's exactly a lot to unpack there, Ravel. That's a big one. I would say one thing which just really struck me is because I've heard this from a lot of other people in terms of the the UFO part where you're talking to it and it's responding because they do do that. And I think this is very much intentional. And there was one guy I interviewed, Stan Hughes, who would go to Lake Pondere and watch these UFOs all the time and talk to them, mentally reach yeah. out and connect with them, just like you were describing. And one time he's there with his little, I think it was his granddaughter, yeah, it was his granddaughter who's like, you know, five years old. And suddenly she saw, she, I don't know, it was his daughter. Because she says, Daddy, Daddy, they're talking to me. What should I do? <laughs> and he's like, oh, my God. <laughs> he says, tell them, tell them you love them. And so in her sweet little voice, she says, I love you. And at this <laughs> point, this object, which was quite far away, comes swooping down right over the heads, shines a light on him, flashes really bright. So it leaves kind of an after image in their retina and makes it clear to them that they absolutely heard and they and love, we love you too. <laughs> yeah, I love that. I love that. I love hearing stories like that. Yeah. Um, I had a almost my lab before my father passed away. It was me, my mom and dad in my house. And um, I was not in my room that night. I was in the living room in my big over fluffy Queen Anne chair. Okay. Big overstuffed one. And I had my feet up on the stool and I was reading in the dark with a flashlight. And uh, I was about to fall asleep, actually. And I am really alert to almost anything. And I heard the front door. Now, I have uh, gates, heavy gates outside my doors. In other words, it's security gates, you know, that slam shut and it's got bulletproof glass on them. And I heard that open. And I thought, did I lock that thing? And apparently I had not. And because it's the last thing I do before I go to bed and I hadn't done that yet. And, uh, and then I heard him trying to pull the handle on the door and it was double doors, you know, like uh, French doors, double doors. They open really wide for wheelchairs and stuff. And I jumped up and at, at the speed of lightning, cause the doors open in, I hit both hands into it and I slammed into it and pushed them back. And then out of my mouth came my dad's voice. I can imitate my dad screaming, bolt, you know, Sergeant Saffron. Uh, get the fuck off my porch right goddamn now I got a gun and that was my mother came running with my gun and he heard me pump it okay I have a double barrel shotgun two triggers no kidding and I uh, said run baby run <laughs> and poof, they ran we called the cops the cops got there and said you know we can't find any evidence of anybody and I said 
I want you to dust the door handles and everything. He said, they've been wiped. And I said, great, okay. And uh, I said, well, I won't forget to lock anything. They left an officer outside our home for two days, both nights. And um, I very calmly told my dad, I said, I don't know what their deal is. I'm going to deal with it on my end of it. And he said, okay. And they left us alone after that. But I don't know if I had fallen asleep and they got in, God only knows what would have happened. You know, um, I'm capable of anything. And if you suddenly wake me up, you can't just knock me out. I'm defensive. I can defend against that kind of an attack. And um, I would have killed them, literally killed them because they were coming in my house with my parents in the house. That would have been all she wrote. And uh, then we had another incident where this was all my fault. I was laying in the bed and I'm talking to Talata and I have never been in a house that had a UFO come through it. Okay. And I'm like, you know, do I ever get the pleasure of seeing this stuff? You know, do I, can I have one? Can that happen? And the next thing I know, my room lit up red and I see it start to come through the wall. It was like a small one, like the sports model that, somebody talks about and uh, my whole room turned red and it went right through my room all the way through the house and out the other side. My mother was standing in the doorway, staring at it like this, uh, you know? And <laughs> I said, did you see that? She said, see what? And I was like, dang, no, it, it pissed me off. But yeah, I got to see that. That was the real deal. Wow. And you know, um, not to cut you off, but something similar to that happened to me. Now, I don't know if it was a ship, but I'm sitting down in the same house. It's like almost the Oviedo house, which I just want to preface this by saying that um, 20 minutes away from where I live, there was a Lockheed Martin. So I don't know if that's a thing, but I know that they do a lot of aerospace stuff with secret projects. So I wouldn't be surprised if that my lab that I spoke about just yeah. you yeah, know well, that's where they did all the work you know what i'm saying like all the extraction excuse me i was i was very close to ocala as a matter of fact i used to live in inverness which is like 25 minutes from the highlands yeah. which yeah, that's that's back in that place yeah i know i know it well okay Dolly, I'm yes a question real quick okay of course or it's too far away please please um and it is what do you mean the ufo went through the house dolly like out of this dimension. This is from Fun Talk TV. It was interdimension. It was the the. It was not in our dimension. It was. I could see it. It was like in the fourth dimension coming through, and they light up red when they do that. I mean, pure red. They don't use white lights or anything. No blue. Nothing. They turn red when they're doing it, and they sluiced right through my house. You can go through anything from the fourth yeah. dimension. There's people who report them going right through a forest filled with trees. And they're like, yeah. how is it doing this? It looks yeah. like yeah. Yeah. It is solid. Well, you know what the crazy I'm sorry to cut you off, but the crazy no. part about that, like the minute you said uh how is it going through the trees, I get this memory, right? So I remember laying in my bed, right? I'm flat in my bed, and I was being lifted up out my bed, and I'm slowly like feet first going towards <laughs> yeah. like the wall of the house, which is leading outside, and I'm just like okay, I'm going to hit this wall and I'm just going to float into this wall. And for some reason, everything looked very dull. 
like very like another color like uh, yeah oh like like almost like i was in the reality not in the reality in the dimension out the dimension type deal and um i'm slowly floating right i don't feel nobody holding me or anything just floating through and then my feet go through the wall and i find it interesting and then my kneecaps and then my waist and then i can sense my whole body going by the time it gets to my head is my head's going to fall off or something's going to happen when my mouth gets there and as <laughs> the weirdest thing as my mouth is passing through the wall i can taste the plaster i could taste the concrete i can taste everything the wood made in the house and then all of a sudden i can smell the plaster my nose is going through i could smell the wood then all of a sudden i can see fragments of things and yeah. all of a sudden i'm outside and yep. I'm, I went straight through this wall. It didn't like make a hole and I saw outside and it was like I went through the solid object as a solid object. Yep. And then as I was I was outside, I can see a huge light. Obviously, I'm assuming it was a ship I was going into. I can see a huge light on the outside and it's over this this these trees that are right next to my outside. So I'm like, okay, it's gonna maneuver me around the trees and I'm gonna some way go through the light. And sure enough, I just started going feet first up, upwards with my head facing down and I can feel the, the branches in my mouth. I can feel the leaves so passing through. I can, and, and, and the branches are not like going in my mouth. They're going, they're passing through my brain, eyes. And then as they pass my mouth, I'm tasting them. Out of my chin, and then I'm yes. in the ship. So I was like, "How do they do this? Like, what's the technology?" Yeah, one guy, they took him right through the ground itself. He went through the wall. There was a hill where the ship was behind it. He went through the hill. <laughs> yeah, it is. It, it, when I when I the very, when I was 14 and they took me up, they took me up out the roof of the house, which had rocks on the roof. You know, it's Florida. OK, <laughs> we had rock roofs back in the day. And, and then it took me up through the daggone tree and I could taste the sap going through my mouth. I'm now, telling you, I, I told that times I've had it happen. Now I have another issue is when we light gate and we're, we're going in into the gate. I now take a deep breath and I hold my breath because I don't want to smell it. I don't want to taste it. I, I don't even know if I can breathe in it. So I just hold my breath and get through as fast as I can. And they all laugh at me every time because I'm like, <gasps> because I just, I don't know. It's no, 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 no. I'm, it's bad enough to taste everything on the planet. No, I'm not doing that. So yeah. Well, there's a lot of people I've talked to though, who don't experience that. The, the wall turns transparent. Exactly. I've heard that before as well. So I'm like, whoa what is going well, okay. on there there's, there's is it different like technology it. so is the different yeah. technology for the yeah. beings or covert program i would assume right there's no, just no, different no. ways if they're going through a, a, what they see is transparent it's like it dissolves that's a light gate that's what a light gate does everything becomes uh. transparent and uh, they're doing that because they're moving them extremely quickly they just don't realize how fast they're being pulled out. They have to get them out. And they're in another dimension when they're doing it. When they're in our area, they'll use a energy beam to take you out. Okay. The opaque dimension. So when yeah. the color goes dim, yeah. that's when you left. Yeah. So <laughs> okay, if gotcha. Leaving, if you're leaving straight into the craft, that's because they're grabbing you very, very fast and you're like getting to them and they can pull you out that way. Okay, so okay, so to so travel back a little bit um from what I was saying, because we was talking about the ship going through the 
the room. So I've seen something similar to that, but I'm not sure if it was a ship. Now, I've heard that ships can be all shapes and sizes. Sometimes you'll see an orb and it can be a whole civilization. It, it could be a ship with a whole bunch of beings on it or yeah. it can be, you know, just what it is, an orb. Right. So I just remember being almost in and out of sleep at this point. So I'm not quite sure if it was a lucid dream I was having or if it was a physical thing. But I just remember being in my recliner and my eyes were halfway squinted. And right through my door is this beautiful blue orb. And it's like the best way to describe the color of blue is like the bottle of Windex blue. And it was kind of like sparkly. Yeah. And it it was move it moved slowly through in, in, into my living room, and then it moved where my recording studio was into that hallway I was talking about earlier, and I knew that it was lighting up everything because as it's moving down the hallway, I can see oh, the blue God. light kind of like moving along the walls. Mm-hmm. And I can't to this day because that was only the one experience that I'm talking about. That little That's curve, the mind of a fifth dimensional being who is the craft and they're spying on you for five minutes or so. They don't, this is how they know where you are. They locate you in the house that way. The craft can actually remote view you and they come in as a blue orb. That's, and it's pretty big. It's about that big. Okay. And you describe it perfectly. They're spying Uh, on you. Okay. (laughs) It didn't feel It just felt like everywhere that the light touched, yeah, it was almost doing like a layout of the, like just it was figuring out the area, the space for yep, some reason. They're just checking you out, making sure they know where you are and what's in their way. Yep. I love these. I love these little validations because I'd never have anybody to ask these questions to. <laughs> so this is amazing. <laughs> they're watching all of us. You know, they're keeping a close eye on us. So that's cool. That's all right. So real quick, we got Jake here over here, all quiet and stuff. Ain't saying that. <laughs> hey, hey, Jake, do you have? I heard you had a recent experience with a UFO, and you've been the UFO guy for a minute, man. I would love to hear a little bit more about that because I did have this really big, beefy UFO on top of my roof from time. Excuse me, um, um, owl on top owl. of my roof from time to time. I said UFO twice, and I meant owl, but on top <laughs> of my roof from time to time and um i never really felt like it was an animal like it it always felt like it was more than what it was because this confidence that it had when it stared back at you it was almost like you're not looking at something that is scared you're going to shoot it down you're scared you're going to make a noise it's looking at something that is quite capable of looking right back into your soul and knowing exactly what you're going to do to it so i'm just curious over the fact that if, if all owls in nature are tapped into the beings or are some of them, you know, like robotoid owls that are, are drones? Like, I don't, I don't okay, know. Take a quick station. Oh, did it go by that fast? Oh, my God. <laughs> so, hold on, guys. And uh, yes, uh, okay. definitely jump in because we do want to hear from you, too. But I want to let all of you know you are watching The Light Gate. I'm your host, Preston Bennett. My lovely co-host is Dolly Safran, and we are streaming live at the United Public Radio Network, 107.7 FM 
in the beautiful city of New Orleans. Also the UFO Paranormal Radio Network, 105.3 FM. We're, of course, on YouTube and Facebook and on Roku. So that is yeah. awesome. We truly appreciate yeah. all the work our producers do. And, yes, you are watching The Light Gate. And our guests tonight are Raphael Lugo, who is awesome, and, of course, Jake Robbins, who is equally awesome. So super happy to have you guys on tonight. And, Jake, you are sitting there in the corner smiling widely. <laughs> we would love to hear from you because we know you have all kinds of interesting experiences yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah. As an interviewer or the host of a show, when when somebody's on a roll, you let them roll. And uh, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, Raphael can it's roll his, too. <laughs> he knows uh, how to roll. I mean, his his stories, his recall, it's absolutely incredible uh, to me. Uh, almost on like a Jim Sparks level, um, if you guys know Jim Sparks. But but I mean, yeah. just being able to remember um, Dolly. I remember the first time that we met. Uh, you said that you know the reason that you probably don't remember so much is because um you know a lot of a lot of times with my experience i'm terrified so that's probably why you know they could be wiping it but um yeah i was uh you you, you turn it off you you stop it you let it you don't let it reach your frontal yeah, lobe and it works. <laughs> yeah yeah it gets talked about and you agree and then you you let it go you can always come back yeah. to it you can remember it eventually if you want to yeah yeah i'm actually doing a regression on the 26th um, so we'll, we'll oh, wow. see what, what, what happens there. Yeah. The, it's a woman named Mary Bassett. Uh, she's, um, I don't know. Do you guys know Bill Konkoleski? He's the head of MUFON for the state of Michigan by chance. Yeah. I have heard him. Yeah. yeah he, he recommended, uh, Mary. I think that's the only people or that's the only regressionist they use for the state of Michigan. Really excited about that. But, um, we were speaking about orbs earlier. Um, and there's one thing I don't think I've ever told on a podcast and, uh, yeah. So we recorded on a Saturday for the aliens, UFOs and ghost stories. Um, the two of you came on, of course, and it was just a complete mind melt of a conversation. And um, you called me the next day and my wife, who's not as much into the subject, I basically lined it up to where it was just 45 seconds of uh, like, just listen to this. This is really big. And then you don't have to listen anymore. And I hit play and it's playing through the Bluetooth on the car and then Dolly's talking and she goes, who's that? I'm like, that's Dolly. The moment that that word came out of my mouth, Dolly, you called my phone and it was on uh, the Bluetooth <laughs> of the car. It was yeah, but eerie. You do things like that. Yeah. I pick up and I go, Preston can tell you every now and then I'll just be sitting doing nothing. And all of a sudden I feel like I need to call this person right now. I mean, I really have to call this person. Sometimes it's two or three a day. And when I call them, they freak out. They're like, oh, my God, I was just thinking about what the hell. You know, that has happened. That's happened to me. So I just want to vouch. So I just want to say that. And I got a story after this one, Jake. So just remind <laughs> me. This okay. So, you know, naturally, after you told me this mind melting things, if you guys are curious, go back and uh, you can listen to. I'm not sure. It was the uh, season two, episode one. Um but yeah, you hit me with a lot of really big stuff. And to be perfectly honest, because I didn't really know you very well, it's like, I don't know if I can believe in that really. And um, to kind of put you on the spot very politely, I was like, if any of this is, you know, if any of this is true, like um, my wife's sitting here with me, um, do you know like what type of background she co comes from? And, she, and Dolly goes, Scandinavian. 
And her grandfather is a Swedish. He was born in Sweden. And then the very next day, I get a call. It's a Monday. And it's Dolly. And she's kind of being inquisitive. She's asking about my father. She's like, is your father in his early 60s? I was like, yeah. She's like, salt, pepper. I'm like, yep. And she goes, he he's Indian, isn't he? Cherokee Indian? I'm like, yeah. So I'm thinking to myself, my dad doesn't have a Facebook, but I don't know. Maybe she could have found that out somehow. And then she says, uh, he just saw a UFO, right? And I was like, mm, no. <laughs> so I was like, I think she might have made a mistake or something. And then yeah. I got off the phone with her and I called my sister. I'm driving to my parents' house. They're getting ready to move. And I go, Tosh, you're not going to believe what just happened. She's like, what? I'm like, Dolly had all this stuff right. But then she was saying that she was asking if dad saw a UFO. And then she goes, he did. And I felt like I got hit in the chest with a sledgehammer. I'm like, what do you mean? Like, I have a podcast on the subject. Why wouldn't he have called me? So I get there. And I was like, dude, did you recently see a UFO? He's like, he's like, yeah, on Thursday. And I'm like, why wouldn't you tell me that? And uh, he goes, oh, I'm sorry. I'm really busy with a move. And he goes, here, here's the video. And it was three orbs all like going in very strange. They were looked like they were enormous. And in the video, he's like, what the is that? And he caught, you know, a couple of pictures, but I just think it's odd that in 63 years, I mean, he had something happen when he was really young, but where basically lights came down from the sky. And then he said he fell asleep uh, when he was like six. But um, so, That's yeah, 57, start. yeah, 57 years go by with <laughs> him never claiming to see anything. And then he does, doesn't tell me. And then on a Monday, you know, less than a week later, of course, she dolly calls me and asks if he if he had and to me that was like okay i can't deny this anymore she knew about my my dad's sighting before i did you know i just thought that was incredible i'll I'll give you i'll give you a cool dolly one so for those that don't know my knee i just had a a a ruptured patella tendon right so there's 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 two things there's two things i want to say about that um, I'm healing a lot faster than most. Every time I go to the doctor, the doctor's like looking at me like I'm a freak of nature because he keeps on telling me it's biology. Okay. Just, it takes a certain amount of time for your bones to heal a certain way. They told me I was going to be in crutches and, and a bunch of stuff for a couple of weeks. I'm on like week five and I'm already walking around the house, getting ready to drive my car. So it's like, it doesn't make sense. Every time I go to physical therapy, I'm getting better. So there was this one instance where I was doing so good it was like the first week i think it was the first or second physical therapy um session i went to i'm sitting down in the lobby of like the waiting room my wife is to the left of me and i'm highly intuitive like i know when when subtle energy changes around me really fast like i pick it up fast and i and i trust my intuition a lot more than most like i'm really good at knowing the difference between what my brain is telling me and what's happening outside of my aura trusting it yeah yeah it's the trust right so i'm sitting down in in the lobby and i look to the right and i and everything around me now the way i see dolly because she decided to remote view me at that time. I see her physically sitting next to me in a chair, but I can't scream out loud that I can <laughs> yeah. Dolly kind of halfway translucent in this chair. So I tell my wife, whisper, I go, 
I think Dolly's sitting next to me right now. So I'm just going to say something. And I turn to her and I go, hey, I'm about to go to physical therapy. <laughs> now, now, mind you, to anybody else that's watching me in public, I'm talking to the air, okay? <laughs> but I can physically see her sitting there and I'm like, okay, I might be crazy because I think my friend came to check up on me. But there's no way to really know for sure, right? So... I go about my business, go to physical therapy, come home, and I'm just like, it's itching. I have to call Dolly. I just have to see if my friend went to come check up on me. So I give her a call, and I'm like, hey, Dolly. She was like, oh, you're calling me because I checked up on you in physical therapy today? <laughs> and I'm like, ah, okay. <laughs> okay, all right, fine. You, We both know how to remote view pretty well. I get it. All right? So, yeah, I, yeah, Dolly's done that to me before, too. So that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. I'm embarrassed. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's one of the benefits of getting to know Dolly. She did it to me. Appeared <laughs> in my room one day. Of course, I did it to her first. But yes, he did. Turnabout's very fair play. Yes, <laughs> no kidding. Okay. Oh my God. Okay. So Jake, Jake, Jake. I want to say this before you tell the story. When you see, you know, native people have totems or uh, animal spirits that they have and everybody has their own totem and you wonder how they get them or who knows or the shaman sees it for them or whatever how that process is one of the funny things about this is that et can appear to you as anything they want especially the fifth dimensional ones okay and they can show as an owl they can show as a wolf or a bear or whatever and they did it that way to keep them from losing their minds when they saw because they did not want to be treated as deities okay Spirits is okay. A deity, mm -mm, no. Okay. So you see owls. That is your totem. That is your spirit animal. Okay. So every time you start to see that, you're being visited. That's what I keep yeah. trying to tell you. So I want to hear the story again. You tell the story. So there's not been a whole lot. It's just incredibly ironic that it happened yesterday because yesterday at this time, I had no idea that I was going to be here today. Um, <laughs> but so my aunt died uh, on Saturday. Yeah. Um, she died very early in the morning. Yeah, she's she was one eighth Cherokee Indian. And I'm mm -hmm. um, on my back porch. I'm building a fire. So keep that in mind too. There's smoke. There's no reason that an owl would want to be near smoke. Right. You know what I mean? It would probably yeah. try to avoid it. It wouldn't. That's and right. I'm recording another podcast uh, that I do. And I was specifically talking about uh, my Native American ancestors or just how they were. And I'm working on a tool. The fire is kind of dulled down. It's more smoky than it is fire. And I look up to, to the stars and the biggest owl I've ever seen. Uh, when I say directly over top of me, I mean directly over top of me. This was quite a bit higher um, than the one at the C5. The one at the C5, yeah. like it was like 20 feet above my head. But this one looked like it was like more like 40, 50, 55 feet. And it stayed in a perfectly straight line. And I just turned my head. And I know this sounds ridiculous, but it, I could have easily tracked it another 20, 30 yards. And it was like it just disappeared. Very odd. And uh, I think it's ironic or strange that, um, you know, less than 24 hours went by after my Native American um, aunt passed away. <clears throat> yeah, that was but yeah, that. That was spiritual, That's, actually. They were they were in dimensional flux with you, and you got mm -hmm. to see them that way. Yeah, and they showed yeah, so, they were on you. Yeah, yeah. And the only owl that I've ever seen in this neighborhood. Keep in mind too, I'm I'm an arborist, 
and I don't like to pay for dumping logs and brush. I just burn it all on my property. So I'm outside a lot, splitting wood. My wife one time, this is a true story, like less than three months ago, it was three in the morning and I had a beer on the ground and I'm sitting on a log and I uh, was asleep with my hand just like this. That's how often I'm, I'm outside. And in 11 years, I've never seen one single owl, not one in my neighborhood. Um, and other than that one that I rehabbed, I, I caught, uh, rehabbed it for three or four days, and then it finally flew away. That's the only time I've ever seen an owl in 11 years. And not to sound like it's a weird flex, but like I'm always outside. I mean, yeah. probably 10 times more than your average person, I would assume. But like, um, but yeah, it, so that makes uh, three owls that have directly flown over me, not near me, but directly over me in four months. Uh, the first time it was so me and my friend. Yeah. Next time it yeah. happens, open your mind and hear the message. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But yeah, the first time All it was right. me and my buddy on a kayak in broad daylight, which is not yeah. typical. The other was the wild. C5. Yeah. yeah. And then last night. So they always bring uh, a message, open your mind next time and deliberately open your mind and hear the message. Okay. Oh yeah, for sure. Okay. Now, um, real quick, if you don't mind me, I, while I got everybody here now, I have a couple of stories that I've said, obviously on, on the last show and stuff like that, that's in the documentary that I just want to plug real quick. I got a documentary coming out pretty soon called calling all hybrids It's going to be on, um, Amazon prime pretty soon. We're just in the last final stages of coloring and getting all that started. So I'll be more than happy to give everybody the, the official dates as soon as I get more information on that. But one of the things that I didn't speak about in my documentary, because I didn't, I never really had, you know, I've never heard anybody else talk about anything like this. It's, it's, it was always kind of like a weird thing for me, but I do remember something similar to what I assumed to be a piloting program that I would love to run by you guys. If, um, if we have a little bit of time here, if you don't mind me explaining that, that part of it. All right. So I just remember being escorted into this almost like it looked like a cave but it was it, it was it was definitely made out of like some kind of rock structure but in this rock I was being escorted by two grays um about um a little bit shorter than my shoulder height they wasn't holding me by my hands but I, I'm always walking in between two of them mm -hmm. uh, so so it's like I was walking a little bit in front of these two grays walking behind me but they were kind of leading me into this cave-like room that had a pan a flat metallic panel on it and it had a screen that was almost like an at an angle but angled down so imagine a screen that came above your head if you were to sit down in a chair the screen would angle above your head and kind of slant down in front of you and I they I kind of sat down in front of this chair. Okay. And when I'm sitting in this chair, I'm in front of this panel, and there's three symbols, no buttons, no nothing, just a flat panel with one symbol on the left, one symbol on the right, one symbol in the middle. And I get this sense that I have to put my hands over these symbols. Now, my whole life, I used to tell people, is it just me or can can everybody feel the solid in the air? I used to say that to everybody and they used to think I'm crazy. But when I move my hands through the air, for some reason, it feels like 
almost like I'm treading water, but not so dense. And when I feel from my palm, I can feel like five to six inches away from my palm all the time. Like this has always happened. And I used to tell people that, but I go over this panel with my palms. I do not touch the panel and it lights up like an orange glow. It's almost the same color as the inside of a toaster, the coils of a toaster, the same color from the inside. And the minute my hands go over these symbols, there's visually something happens on the screen. So it started off where it was just like sky, couple of clouds, and then my hands over the symbols, and I get the feeling like I just know this intuitively that I raise up my hand a little bit, I start moving to the left, I raise up my hand a little bit, I start moving to the right. So whatever I do with my hands, my the ship is or whatever simulation I'm on is kind of doing the same thing, and. When I put both my hands in front of the symbol, like uh, the front of the middle symbol, it goes straight up and stays stationary. And it, it would send me on little missions. Like I would get the sense in my head that I would have to look for a being and pick them up. And I would see like a scenario of like, people destroying places in the corner and this little gray hiding behind a bush. And my operate and my job was to like find a way to get to the gray on this, on this simulation platform. I never remember leaving the chair. I only remember walking in, sitting down and it turning on. And I don't remember anything beyond me trying to get the little gray. I, I don't remember the screen turning off. I don't remember if I picked up the gray. I just remember that if I put my hands over these symbols. They light up and I feel almost magnetically charged to it. And whatever I'm thinking or whatever I'm, I'm thinking in my head, like I know I'm moving my hands, but I get the sense that it's more for me. The right. motions of the hands moving up and down is more for my 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 human brain. But whatever I'm thinking is what the ship is really doing. Yeah. So that's that's um, my little take on something I, I, I never really said publicly like out there. I've told my friends I mentioned it to a couple of people, but I've never really said that. I've said like like publicly. So I just wanted to put that out there and see if anybody has heard anything similar to that or if you can tell me what that can be about. That would be amazing because I don't one know. Of the first simulators I went on when I was training and um, okay. they're uh, teaching you to wire up to an electromagnetic ball and they gave you the simulation of the ball on the screen, okay, the energy in it. And they're trying to see if you can make the connection between your mind psychically your hands and on the ball because the ball does need a physical has a physical component to it and it's easier for you to mentally drive the craft using your hands with this ball and when i fly i don't have three symbols anymore i'm connecting to Tawada. okay we both meet inside the electromagnetic ball and i am wired to it you must have really good reflexes Okay. Great. Uh, 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 the funniest okay. story is somebody tried to hit me in the face with a tape when I was yeah. a kid. I must have been like 11. They threw a tape directly at my face, a video cassette tape. And I I turned my head and just said, and caught it. Like, here you go. Yeah. And I, and I've been doing that. I could do that like so. Yeah, I have unbelievable time. reflexes. I also have 2010 vision. These are because I have an eyesight issue with my con. I had cataracts real early. Imagine all the light that I took real young. And um, so I'm having a problem right now with 
focusing close up, but I can see a long way away. And um, I react, I, I mean, I react to everything. When I was learning to drive for the government, um, they, I was so good at it. They put me on a simulator, another simulator. How about that? And they said, mm -hmm. we want to see how you react to this. We're building a program. Little did I know way back then, this was for AI driving. Okay. And uh, they put me into a situation where I was about to crash on something and I reacted so quickly to it. I pulled the wheel off the table that they had it mounted onto for the clip and mm. they all laughed at me. They said, Oh my God, they couldn't believe I did that. And, but that's a simulator. It's a trainer. So you, okay. you took the beginning of training. You might actually have some, it, uh, some piloting yeah. <laughs> well, well, for a while, you know? So, so what's funny is I remember being on board ship and I had this, this hospital, well, I call it like a hospital gown. It looks like a, a <laughs> hospital gown, but it, yeah, it's, it's no. like it's made out of gauze. Yes. But it feels like it made, it's made out of gauze and it's stuck yeah. to your skin. Yeah. And I'm wearing this thing. And I guess they let me walk around the ship. Like there was nobody around me. They kind of was just like yeah. stroll and do your thing, dude. And yeah. I just remember putting my hand across the hull of the ship like just just to feel the yeah. metal of it and yeah. wherever i would put my hand it would go translucent oh, oh you got translucent you're good okay so yeah, so make it light up or go translucent either one yeah so That's i was like to me yeah. i would just I, I would assume that there would be some kind of way that i'm connected to that ship because i'm having the thought in my head as i'm touching it damn, I would love to see where I'm at right now. Like if I could see outside and then yeah. as I'm thinking it and I'm touching the outside of this, I'm touching the inside of the ship. It's sure enough. It just goes translucent. Wherever my hand is, I can see outside. And I noticed that I'm a couple of blocks away. They had like a turf farm, like where they grew the Afro, like the Astro turf or whatever. Yeah. It was a yeah. lot of acres. And I was just floating like a couple of feet above the middle of that farm on a ship that must have been like cloaked or something. But I would just touch the outside. Of the ship. I was like, oh, my God, I know where I am. This is crazy. So, yeah, that's that. That's nuts. And every time mm -hmm. since I drove by, I used to drive by that location. I used to look at that area and be like, I was there, man. You can't tell me I wasn't there, man. I was there. <laughs> so, yeah. So I, I just wanted to know, is there any way for the ship to be attached to me um, DNA wise or, 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 or mentally for it to yes. know that it's I wanted to see outside of this craft? I, I'm wondering about something. See, one of the things that I have to deal with now, because I'm grounded right now, they're not here right now, physically not here. Okay. But they're coming back. And when they can, I'm going back with them. Okay. And you can say goodbye to Preston at that point. He's going with me, okay? And <laughs> I'm going to, I, I say goodbye to Noah. I'm, I'm going to say goodbye to Jake. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we, we, I have to fly at that point. I'll be uh, helping to bring people off the planet because we're going to get to a point where it's not safe here anymore, okay? And a lot of people, and this is one of my things that I've been looking for, is others like me who are trained to fly, and hybrids. So I'm thinking you're a hybrid, okay? And you've been trained to fly and you're not ready for to start doing it yet. You have another path to work right now. But when they come back, I got a feeling that one day you're just going to go, oh yeah, okay. And the ship will show up and you'll get on and you'll go and you'll know what to do. Well, I get this sense like deep down in my body. I keep on telling my wife, I'm like, look, when the, when the time comes, I'm just going to know location where I need to be and what I need to do. Until then, I'm just going to do my job, which is trying to in, like just get people 
in, in, enrolled into the thought yeah. process of knowing that our family yeah. are from the stars. Like, it's just no right. way around it. Exactly. So, um, and it's funny that you say hybrid because the first song that I did coming out of my meditation was calling all hybrids. Like I had this moment of realization when I was making a lot of gangster music that um, I didn't really know vibrationally what I was doing. The tongue, the tongue is very powerful. I mean, we all know we're casting yeah. spells with the words that we say, so we have to be careful vibrationally what we're doing to each other. So at the time that I was making this music, I wasn't really doing what I was supposed to be doing with my craft, with my gift yeah. of, of, of being able to communicate. So I'm in meditation and I just see this little white light in the distance of my mind's eye. And then all of a sudden the white light comes rushing towards me and I'm engulfed in this white light. And I feel like I'm being pulled out of my body and all of a sudden I'm in the middle of the like galaxy. I'm in the universe. Right. And I can see myself floating in the middle of everything. And then all of a sudden I have this like, kundalini god brain type feeling where i can feel everything all at once at all times like i knew what it was like to be like a blade of grass and at the same time knew what it was like to be like the left wing on a butterfly that's so it was like, like that's it's what it's weird. Like to join with the entity that's what happens to me i become so, the entity and i don't even need my eyes or my ears or anything anymore i'm looking through him so yeah, I, I ended up I ended up doing this like I had this moment of realization, and then all of a sudden I'm being pulled into the like this kitchen where yeah. this this dude and this and this lady are, are like fighting each other, and my song is playing in the background. Then I'm getting pulled wow. above a car. I'm getting pulled like above a car and there's a guy like getting ready to do drugs. Like he's tying up his arm or he's rolling something like he's obviously getting ready to do some hard, heavy drugs in this car. And once again, my song is in the background. And then I get this, this vision of a pebble being dropped on one side of the ocean. And then on the other side of the ocean, a tidal wave destroying cities. And I automatically understood that what I was doing musically was inspiring people and like enhancing negativity in people, which was causing more damage. And the minute I came out of that, I knew wow. instantly, like immediately, I couldn't curse in another record. I couldn't <laughs> do any negative music. Yeah. Like I knew automatically what I was doing was wrong. The first song I wrote coming out of meditation was calling all hybrids. And, wow. and, 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 and I just, and that, that started the path of the music that I make now. And what I find the most interesting about that is I told that to somebody else and they were like, whatever entity, whatever ETs, whatever beings that contracted you to do whatever work on this planet you decided to do at this time, just had enough with what you was doing. and was like, it's time for you to do the mission, my dude. And they put me through like this torture phase where they made me feel like when I was in that kitchen, I knew how it felt for that lady to get punched in the face the same way I knew for that guy's fist to hurt on her face. And I knew what it was like for the arm to get tied up and the excitement of drugs getting ready to rush in my system and the nausea going through. It was like, I felt everything all the time. And I was being told like, dude, you're doing something that you're not seeing. And it's like, you're doing worse. And you're so, so good glad at you shared that, Raphael, because yeah. this is a hugely important spiritual lesson that all the world needs to know that our thoughts are things. 
And if you were go out of your body, you would realize very quickly how powerful your thoughts are because everything manifests instantly there. There's no barrier. It's the same here. Um, and one guy I interviewed who had a near-death experience didn't really want to talk about going through the tunnel of light or meeting people on the other side. He, he had a, a life review. And he was not a great guy at that point. And he said he had, when you go through a life review, you feel everything you did to other people, good and bad. Yeah, so physically feel it of, in your body. Yeah. yeah. He hurt a lot of people. And he said it wasn't just them he felt. He felt the people they hurt due to his actions. And there was a ripple out effect. So he suffered badly. I mean, he was basically in tears as he's telling me this. He says, people need to understand that when they do bad, it affects everybody. And this, your story is a perfect example of how closely interconnected we all truly are. Exactly. And it's just yeah. amazing to me that you said it so beautifully and no, no. given that lesson, which is such Thank a beautiful you. gift. Thank you. Yeah, I do. I do see it as a gift because it, it, it's funny because I'm doing all this negative music and it was just like it wasn't doing nothing for me, like in my body, spiritually, like I didn't listen to it and get excited or anything. But now the music I make, it enriches me. I get emails from people how much i changed their lives or how much they don't feel alone like i had a friend of mine that was like yo look i don't even know what an insectoid is or a mantis or a palladian but i know that that beat is great and everything else you're saying is great and then the minute i stopped listening to it the first thing i did was research insectoids and i was so fascinated with <laughs> this world of ufology and i'm like wow this dude was literally just not even caring about ufology yesterday and now Today, he's goodness like is so much more powerful, and you will feel all of that. So, you know, all of that is rippling out. So, a little, even something as simple as a smile. Right. One lady I talked to who had a near death experience um, got to meet angels, and the angels were so proud of her because she got out of her car and helped this little lady cross the street. And all these other big things she had thought she had done, which were so great, they were like, no, that was really what you did. It's simple acts of human kindness. Yes, huge effect on all of us. Wow, that that is 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 so so true, so true. Now the question is, do we have time for something else? I would love to bring to you guys' attention. Yeah, but, but, but wait, let me let, let's get to a few questions because I don't want to do it. I would love that. I would love it. I got more. I could talk forever. You know me. I got. Oh, yeah. I got more. We'll, we'll bring you back if we have to. If, if we can, actually, that would be actually awesome. Yeah. Here's one for you, Jake, which is actually for Dal. I don't know why these comments are so big. I'm going to have to figure that out. This is probably coming from his show because it's talking to him. Yeah. I mean, it's covering your, your guys' faces, and it's so rude. So I'm so sorry about that. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm going to figure that out. But here's a question for you, Jake, from JSTA86Tube. And I don't know if you um, know of this, but he's asking, will you ask Dolly the question I asked you? <laughs> so <clears throat> I can only imagine who that might be. Um, I had a couple people reach out. If this is who I am thinking of, I believe he's an electrician. Um, he reached out and he had listened to, uh, I believe the first one that we did uh, mm -hmm. on aliens, UFOs and ghost stories. And, mm -hmm. um, but yeah, he essentially was concerned with um, what you did say that, uh, you guys would possibly be coming and taking everybody out and 
Um, but if you were vibrating high enough and maybe the people who aren't really trying to be kind might not get left or they might get left okay, behind. I'm going to be very specific about that, okay? If you are part of the group that doesn't want anybody to go with ET and are planning to use ET against you, they ain't going anywhere. Okay. They're stuck here. They're going to stay here. Too bad. Too late. Sorry. All right. We all recycle. It doesn't matter. They're not going to take them. They're not going to infect their societies with that thinking. But if you've woken up and you're looking for them and you really want to know what's going on, you want truth. You know, you finally want to know the truth and you're willing to walk off the slave train, which we are on here. No joking around. They, don't worry about it. You will hear them. You will see them. You will go with them. Um, and that might be and, and this might hurt somebody's feelings. But if there's a guy and he's robbed everybody for the entirety of his life and he's been a real sh schmoo. OK, but he still wants the truth like he's waking up to it. He's going to go. OK. It doesn't matter whether you're right or wrong or indifferent. None of that matters. But it does matter if you want the truth and you want to know the truth. And you're waking up to the truth. That's what they're going to come for. And most welcome to get you the heck out of here because you don't want to be here for what's coming. We have a micronova coming and it is going to be bad. Okay. Um, so, no. The only people who aren't going to go is if you're black-hearted Wastes of skin, as ET puts it, don't expect to get lifted out of here. They won't put you on board. You won't even, mm. they won't even see them here. That's the point. They will be totally oblivious to it. All right. Here's a question for you, Raphael, which is a quick question from Fun Talks TV. Have you heard the song Jericho by Aniko? A really good song related to mm. transcending and ETs. I haven't heard the song, but I will by tonight for sure. Thank you for the recommendations. <laughs> All right. Okay. Let's just get through another few questions. Here is one from Lila. Retinal pigmentosa in relation to experiences, please. Any info? Um, I can't tell you about retinal pigmentosa directly, but I can tell you that contactees as a general rule, do have light sensitivity. And I, wow. um, retinal after images and light sensitivity and all of these things are one of the most common sort of physiological reactions, particularly if you stare at a UFO that's super bright uh, for a long time. It'll write wow. onto your retina. There's, two, there's a scientific reason for this, and it happens to every single person on the planet. When you close your eyes at night, you see purple and red dots and swirlies and stuff like that. That's uh, the easiest way to experience retinal pigmentosa. You've been looking at all kinds of light all during the day, and it's still shimmering on your retina. Okay, And it's playing to the back of your eye, and you can still see it. But if you have the ability, if your DNA says, we're going to be real sensitive to this, then you're going to be one of those people who sees, like if you look at an image long enough and you close your eyes, you can see the entire image for a certain amount of time and actually pick things out of it. And it's almost like uh, uh, being uh, like I am. I have a memory that's incredible and it's visual as well as hearing. And that's how I perceive things. So a lot of contactees have that ability because we are there. And there's another one on this side. It's called... <laughs> You're afraid, you're photophobic. You Too much light in your eye is like, oh my God, you're burning my brains out. 
I have I have to speak to this because you're blowing my mind. I, if if anybody watching the YouTube right now, they could see my face. Like I'm contorting my face right now. It's, it's going crazy. <laughs> so two things I want to speak to: light completely destroys my eyes. I'm talking about if the light is too bright in my home, I I can't do it. Another thing too, electrically. I affect the lights. So that's one yeah. thing that I have displayed in my documentary. I'm actually yeah. displaying how I turn street lights off when I want to. Like, it's, it's pretty easy. So yeah. that's another thing. So the fact that it affects my eyes is, is huge. And I'm talking about it gets painful. Like, if it's too bright, I will feel pain behind my eyeballs. And yeah. I never knew why, but it's it's a thing for sure. 100% yeah. is a thing. And um, I lost my other point, so I'm just going to pass it off. But the mm -hmm. light thing really, it, yeah. I, I, I didn't hear yeah. all the All of us that are picked on by them more than anybody else, we all have that in common with one another. E.T. is horrifically affected like that. That's why you see them wearing lenses on their eyes. Well, they that's exactly what I was told by Miss. I'm sorry to cut you off again, but that's exactly what I was told by Miss Denise Stoner. So before I knew what was happening to me and these grades mm -hmm. were coming on, I would tell her, look, I never know when they're going to come in the room to get me. So I hide knives in my house. I put a knife in my bathroom. I put a knife in my kitchen. I, I put a knife everywhere, like just hidden and weird, like underneath a cushion or something. So if they get me in the living room, I could reach for a knife. And when I told her that, she laughed just like Dolly just did. <laughs> she, was like, she was like, number one, you won't be able to use it against them because they'll know. And number two, they're, just hide flashlights because the little grays hate when you shine lights in their yeah, eyes. Yeah, and that's it. when I noticed that they have film. Those black, dark eyes that you're looking at, there's Our actually an eyeball or something right. behind that. That, that's moving right. around. I actually wear lenses close, when yeah. I'm flying. Yeah. I yeah if you come close off. enough, if they come close enough to your face, you can actually see the movement behind the lens. And I thought that was another super cool thing because a lot of people just describe these grays with black eyes. But yeah. I've seen, you know, beings that some would consider grays with the pupils and stuff. So it's like it was a board on ship. You know, but it wasn't physically yeah. here. So it's like it's, it's and, and they were more hybrid as well. But for sure, for sure, not all of them need to wear the lenses unless they're like in this light spectrum, it looks like. So, yeah, they yeah. all see an ultraviolet light. I'm going to describe the way we don't see an ultraviolet light. The spectrum is broken in our eyes by our lenses, by our corneas. Um, uh, I'll give you a, for instance, Picasso had, had cataracts and they removed the cataracts, the lenses in his eyes. Well, they didn't have the technology to, to put it back on. And that's why all of his stuff went to blue and yellow and white, different colors of blue and yellow and white. That's all he could see. He could only see ultraviolet light. Okay. Um, I see, I have four color rods in my eyes. And when you take the lenses out of my eyes, well, I already see ultraviolet light anyway, more than most people. I have that in my palette of, with four rods operating in my eyes. But when the lenses come out, I mean, everything turns perfectly ultraviolet and I see things light up like you would not believe. And it is painful. I had to have cataract surgery when I was in my late thirties, early forties, because I had seen so much light in my lifetime that it affected them that rapidly. I used to be a lifeguard when I was younger and I stupidly didn't wear sunglasses and it got me. Okay. Uh, I know better now. Preston, will tell you I don't leave the house without the darkest glasses I can put on my face. 
um, period. Okay. Cause I just, and I want all the lights out in the house. It's like, turn them off, turn them off. I can't take it. I see auras, you know, white auras and stuff like that. And it's crazy. Yeah. ET's got a real problem with that. And here's the other thing I want to make a point of. Don't do it to anybody. If you see an object in the sky, turn off the laser lights. Okay. It blinds Sorry. Us. Sorry, I do see files all the time. Go across your face and you go, you know, what are you doing? Stop it. Okay? <laughs> do not point it at the craft. Circle the craft with it. That's great. We can see you moving it around us. But do sorry. Not I'm just, okay. just going to say sorry, Dolly, because it was me. All right. I apologize. <laughs> all right. I have a couple of more questions. I'm just going to flash this one up and let you guys think about it for a second and then put up another. But here's a question for both. Uh, of you, Jake and Raphael, what's your favorite story? And I'll ruminate on that for a second while I ask this other question from John P. Adventures, who says, Dolly, do you know of a mothership, Fiery Orange? I'm Luanda in, the, in Luanda in the 1970s. Parents of my friends saw it on the beach in Africa. Yeah, Fiery Orange is a common color, I will say. Yeah. So. Um, uh yeah, uh, there, you could call them motherships because you can't conceive of anything big, being bigger than what you're looking at. But that craft was probably 350 feet in diameter and or 278 feet in diameter. There's two sizes that come in that can come down. And yes, they're, the, the light that they have, the big light on the right side of the craft facing you is so bright. That's all you see. And it's a giant orange light. Now, sometimes because you were there, um, there are certain chemicals in our air that cause those lights to change color, especially when they're coming into in atmosphere, they'll change from white to blue to orange to green to red to yellow. They'll do all kinds of stuff. And it's because the plasma that they're burning in the air is changing that plasma's colors. Sort of like, a, you know, you, you have those lights that are, have cathode tubes in them and uh, they have different colors because you're putting different uh, chemical components in them, different gases and stuff like that. That's what happens to them. They're coming down and their plasma array will change color, but they can make that orange light anytime they want. And they usually do. And it's to keep you seeing them and not anybody else. Okay. All right. So I'm going to go back to this question from Bournonville for both of you, Jake and Raphael, either of you can go first. But what's now, your as, favorite story? What's your favorite Diane, story? I'll let you go um, first, Jake, but I just got a quick question. Is it a favorite story in regards to ufology, or is it a favorite story in general? It's up to you. <laughs> All right. All right. Yeah. Cool. All right, cool. I'll, I'll specify. I'll, I'll throw mine out. I'll let you go, Jake. Yeah. yeah, I'll let you go. So, I mean, other than there's a couple, like my buddy from Wyoming, that's probably number one, but he's not going to go public, and I don't blame him. But uh, for somebody who is public, um, I'd probably say Chris Bledsoe story. Are you guys familiar with Chris Bledsoe, UFO of God? I'm sure, yeah. To me, that's incredibly fascinating, and uh, his interpretation of the whole thing is is really interesting to me. Yeah, I love that he was cured of Crohn's disease, uh, mm -hmm. which he suffered for such a very long time. Yeah, it's amazing. Well, yeah, yeah, I've I've heard uh, um um his his story as well. I think I think it is a very very amazing story. Um. I think I'm going to have to go with the old classic because I love movies and it was there was a movie about it. So I'm going to have to go with Fire in the Sky, Travis Walton. 
Um, not I, I saw the movie at first. When I first saw the movie, I didn't really resonate too much with what the ETs was doing on board ship. I kind of knew that was a little bit more for like you know self tickets and stuff like that. Hear Travis Walton's actual story, and you like kind of compare the truth with the movie and you kind of take away all the extra Hollywood stuff. I just think it's just one of the most fascinating stories I've ever I was heard in, as far as I was fire so I just love it. Coming out <laughs> and saying no, they didn't portray it properly. And then he laid oh, yeah. it out lavender for everybody. And I was with him for that. Yeah, I always felt like in my heart that then the ETs are going to throw a sheet over your face and then scalpel your mouth open (laughs) and do all the extra stuff. (laughs) Like, that just didn't feel right to me. But Mm -hmm. other than that, the story about, you, you know, how how everybody was able to see the incident, how it happened in the woods, how they knocked them down, how he wasn't found for a couple of days. Then I don't know. It's just, it was, yeah, yeah, it was, it was just super amazing. Just all of it. I mean, when I'm taken, luckily they come back, they put me in my bedroom, you know what I mean? They put me right back to sleep, wake up in the morning, but yeah, I, I couldn't even imagine my family thinking I'm gone for five, six days and then reappearing. Right. So I just think, I just think that's amazing. It's a great answer. Um, yeah, I've got too many stories to pick a favorite, but in my recent book, Humanoids and High Strangeness, there's one chapter, which I'm going to put on in one of these YouTube episodes I do one of these days, is called Peter and the UFOs. Man, oh man, that what that story of this kid who, with his friend, learned, were trying to learn astral travel, but ended up hooking up with this contactee or perhaps an ET in disguise. I don't know. It's a very long, complicated story but I'm just giving a teaser there about my book, but man, oh man, that one, each time I think of it, you'll, I'll present it on my YouTube channel at some point, but I love that one. That sounds amazing. Is Dolly's, I have to nice. say. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. <laughs> yeah, I know. I don't have a favorite story because uh, it would be, it would be too hard to choose. The one that comes the closest for me is when I was on board and they, a doctor was brought up just at the moment before he passed away and they honored him. I was on the floor crying my guts out over that. I mean, I was trying to hold it together. And then after he left, I was like, I had to be, I couldn't even be consoled. It was the most incredible moment in my life. So in a weird kind of way, that's my favorite. So Awesome. Well, Rafa, I know you have more to say, but I just want to bring up a few comments here. Yeah, of course. Anastasia says, Dolly. Don't forget me. Please pick up my house in Connecticut and my family. Don't worry, Anastasia. There's a lot of comments going on in chat about, you know, what about me? You know, what, what qualifications? As long as you're a good person, you know, develop your psychic abilities, reach out to the ETs. They do know about you. They're watching all over all of us. So yeah. don't worry. Live your best life. Yeah. ET looks at it this way. We've been denied. Uh, using our abilities for a long time, and we've been mind slaves for a long time. And so it, it is natural for them to understand that we've acted a little crazy, okay, and done a lot of crazy stuff. That doesn't make you a bad person. What, make, what makes you a bad person is to deny the people that right. Our autonomy belongs to us. ET is autonomous beings. They absolutely believe in this. And if you believe in this, if in your heart, you know, you want to be free and you want to know the truth and you want to wake up, go for it, do whatever it takes. You'll go, you'll go in five seconds. It doesn't matter what happened while you were here. You, 
a lot of us have uh, who are awake and understand and, and have come to a certain amount of wisdom are responsible. Okay. But that's a different level of understanding and y'all don't worry about it. The only ones who aren't going are the evil hearted. Okay. So don't worry about it. Yeah, well, I'm going to bring up this one last comment because I think a lot of people are feeling this. And this is from fun talks TV. He says, I'm listening to you guys. And I feel this sadness that I don't have any experiences in my life from ET when I really want it to happen. Little sad face. Oh, don't be sad. <laughs> I think there's a lot of homesickness going on on earth. Just exactly. living in the third dimension. We're here for a very short time. It's a right. difficult, we came here to learn all sorts of things and have this wonderful adventure. Right. And it is difficult. But don't feel sad. ETs right. are watching over us. Contact will come. It happens to all people at, at some level. Yeah. And some people's lives. Yeah. yeah. We're flocking together. Don't worry about it. Because you haven't been using these abilities, doesn't make you not a bird. You are a bird. You're all part of us. And you see this opportunity happening and coming and awakening. And you're like, hey, I'm a part of this, right? And you're, mm -hmm. Yeah, you are. You're absolutely part of this. So don't worry. Okay. Okay, so now we have still a good 10 minutes before we have to close this show up. Or no, 15. So we're still good. All right. So I, got a, I got a quick question. I wanted to bring something up that I also haven't told, but it's it's, it's close to my heart. So uh, uh, when I was younger, I lived in, in Puerto Rico for a small period of time. My mom's also an experiencer. She doesn't speak about it as much. And she's only told me about one experience she's had as a child, okay. not an ET, just with a ship. But um, um, I just remember there was a little small part in my childhood in which I would be taken out of class from time to time. And um there was another part in my childhood. Have you guys ever heard of the Arecibo satellite? It was the biggest satellite ever at one point on the planet. And it was in Puerto Rico. And it was in Puerto Rico. So I just remember being taken there a couple of times, um, being taken behind like a back entrance, like where there was like a gate. And they opened, it said no trespassing. They brought me in. I don't remember too much, but I remember being brought into this room somewhere in that satellite's location. And I was sat with two other kids in like almost like a triangle formation. And our job would be to like interpret what we was thinking and like write it down. For some reason, I, I always had this idea that, that they wanted to see if we was communicating with something and they enhanced the the experience that I, I don't know how to explain it, but like the abilities that we have telepathically with the satellite. And I was just wondering, have you guys ever heard of any programs done with kids to where they use? Because I've been intuitive my whole life. And my mom used to tell me things like you used to go to a summer camp for like two weeks at a time when they used to pay us for you to go and i use i've never heard of a summer camp where the parents got paid for the kid to go to summer camp yeah. so it's like it's kind of it just didn't it didn't it didn't add up so i just i never really talk about it because it's uncomfortable to be honest and That's i don't nice. have too many memories that kind of really fragmented but it would be like me being in this pick me being in this jeep and then taking into like the satellites area behind the gate 
And then I won't remember anything. Then all of a sudden I'm saying Indian style with other kids in like a room. And then all of a sudden they, they're trying to get me to like interpret what I'm thinking mentally on paper and explain to them what I'm thinking. And I, I, I just kept on feeling like maybe they were using me to like interrogate other extra. I don't know. It's just weird. Well, they, it was were, just, they were looking for you. They were singling you out because they. They knew that you probably had abilities, and it's lucky that you didn't get completely sucked in because that's an MK Ultra program, and oh, yes, it okay. exists in the one I was in in Miami. Well, uh, once there for space, my father got me out of it and told them leave me alone. Okay, so yeah, that's MK. Okay. Okay, so another thing I want to speak to the MK Ultra. I remember this part, and I don't like speaking about this as well, but I, it feels like um, head-to-skull voice technology. So what ended up happening was I was taking a shower one day, and then out of nowhere, I it sounds crazy, so it's hard for me to say this, but out of nowhere, there's like a legit conversation happening in my mind with these three gentlemen. And it's like a conversation, like I say we turn the, the nozzle up a little bit or yada, yada, yada. And then I can hear one of the people in this conversation goes, oh, like the S word. Oh, snap. Oh, oh S word. Oh, S word. Oh, word. I think he can hear us. Turn yeah. it off. Turn it off. Turn it off. Turn it. And then, then it turn, and then all of a sudden the signal yeah. goes out. You need to go to and bed with no Wi-Fi on, no technology on. Turn all your phones off. Fair damn. Get everything out of turned off. No okay. more. Don't do it. Because they do have the ability to psychically connect with everybody now. And because you're awake and you are psychic, you can hear that happening. And they they just wised up to you for that. Um, they have a neural network. Don't doubt it. It's working. It's advancing. And they're even talking about it on the History Channel. You know, it came out the other day. I saw it. I was like, oh, my God, look, Preston, there it is. You know, this is happening. They can talk to you. Do not. And when you're using your phone and you're done using your phone, Fair yeah, the double echoes, the yeah. double echoes on the phone. It's like the minute I get on the phone, it, it only takes a couple of seconds before yeah. I hear like a little click, and then there's a double echo, and then yeah. <laughs> yeah. that happens. Um, don't don't let them don't let them in your house at night. You need you need the freedom to be able to do what you need to do at night. Turn it all off, all of it. Gotcha. Okay. Gotcha. All right. All right. Thank, well, thank you for that because I, I, it's hard for me to say things like that because the minute I used to say that to like a family member, no, they'd be like, dude, you're crazy. It's like, stop it. Or so, yeah. people without them even knowing it. That's why yeah. groups become violent suddenly and all this other kind of junk is going on. They turn people against one another with it and they don't, you know, you say it to them and you go, oh, no, 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 no. Oh, yes, yes, yes. It's happening. It really is. Okay. Well, well, there I've, you go. I've, I've said one. a lot of stuff that I haven't said. I just want to say this before you say anything, Jake. I said a lot of stuff on this podcast that I haven't said anywhere else. So I just want to say thank you for letting me get that out and helping me kind of piece these puzzles together. But Jake, Jakey, Jakey, eggs and bakey is on you, my brother. <laughs> no, so so I got one. I mean, a lot. There's a lot of stuff I can't really talk about, or I mean, I, I can if I'm extremely vague to other people in my in my family. So I mean. There's one that I ran by Kathleen Martin, which is, of course, uh, the niece of uh, Betty Hill from Betty and Barney mm -hmm. Hill. Right. And to her, it was blatantly obvious. And it is to me, too, really. But like, um, I'll say it this way. There's a young man within our family who, you know, he kind of came over and he's like, oh, it's pretty cool. You're doing this podcast about the subject. And I was trying to pick his brain a little bit like, what well, do you think you've ever had anything odd? And 
he told me, he's like, well, I remember a couple times waking up and there was this thing in my room and I was like, describe it to me. And I drew it. It looked like a typical gray, like almost exactly. And I'm not saying, you know, that's an alien. Like I'm, I'm just letting him talk. And, uh, and he goes, yeah, I dream I had, um, they were trying to get me and my sister to go into a blimp and I didn't want to, and I was trying to fight him off. And then he said, and I was inside the blimp and he said, but they wouldn't let us in the big part. We just had to stay in this part for a while. And then after a while they let us in. And I mean, there's a lot more other things I'm not mentioning, but I mean, to me, that's, you know, a lot of, um, experience seems to be generational, right? Familial. It just, they follow like a family line for some reason. And for sure. I mean, yeah, I mean, I've had all written down, like kind of the sketch, what he said, there's so much more Mm -hmm. I'm leaving out, but, um, to me, I mean, I can't even think of a more obvious, uh, screen image, really a big blimp. I mean, who, who has a dream that somebody in a big blimp is going to try to get them to, to go inside of it? You know, I mean, yeah, there's also another member of my family. I'll say it briefly, but, um, she's had multiple experiences with, uh, mantis beings, uh, baby presentations while they're there, uh, which I've had also, of course, um, mm-hmm. She has, you know, the classic, I've had this one, but I never really thought too much about it, but she, she's had dreams of, you know, the dream where there's hundreds of ships in the sky or, you know, just one really big one kind of over the house. Um, But one really odd one that she's mentioned quite a few times is it almost kind of sounds like a my lab, but she said that she's had like almost like a catastrophe is happening. And then there's uh, people, um, can't remember just coming down on ropes which would sound military but you know i've have you ever heard of that some sort of i've seen just about everything i've had um downloads images conversations things like that okay and what i want to tell you is this we are now in a time where a false flag has already begun it is upon everybody on this planet and you are being bombarded with images and thoughts and ideas that are directing you in one direction. And that would be that if you come and kill you, eat you, whatever. Okay. And depending on how together you are, how healed you are in your understanding of things, how psychic you are, you're either going to flat out become prey of it or not. And I suggest everybody in from here who can hear my voice, y'all need to think deeply about what's going on around you and can Consider everything that's happening and put a critical eye on it, a stink eye on it if you have to. Don't believe everything right out the gate. Reasonably deduct, cognitively think it through. I know there's not a lot of science going around in everybody's uh, education and stuff like that, but I'm telling you, ETs are not here. They cannot be here. We are in the middle of a giant electromagnetic field that is light years across, and they cannot be here. They are not here. So what else is here? Here is here. And we've back engineered enough for it to frighten the hell out of you. Don't be frightened. Just think it through. Okay. I mean, we're we're at the top of the hour, so we're really going to have to close it down now, but I want to give you each one minute to, you know, pump your podcast or whatever information you would like. So whichever you want to go first. I'm oh, ju- I'm just gonna be quick and say you know instead of pumping the podcast I'm, or or anything like that I'm gonna pump P 
peace, love, and light. I think that's one of the things that we all need to focus on. And I'm going to spend this minute to say that I love everybody watching right now. And I know for a fact that um, love is what's going to carry us out of anything. So instead of promoting or doing anything wacky like that, just want to say I love you and spread some more of that good love. Absolutely. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll advertise your podcast. I'm calling all hybrids. Watch you guys. Awesome. I'm excited. All right, Jake. All right, Jake. Yeah, I, I would piggyback on that. I mean, um, you know, be strong in love, right? I mean, that's the that's really what I sincerely believe that we're supposed to be doing here. Um, I think especially men, a lot of young men, men my age, they just don't know how to receive love. They don't know how to express love. You know, they think it's strange to tell their buddies like, hey, buddy, I love you. Like, you need to express love. You, love. you need to. Yeah. <laughs> love you too. Yeah. But like, but yeah, I think that's really important. And then for a shameless plug, I mean, um, <laughs> you know, I, it's just aliens, UFOs, ghost stories. And I try to uh, do a good job of just getting out of the way and let people share their stories. So uh, myself and our listeners can learn. That's all. That's cool. Preston? <laughs> yeah. I'd love with just love. Live without fear, have fun, as I like to always say at the end of my YouTube channel. And remember that we ourselves are unlimited in our power. But yeah, we do have to end the show. So yep. really I'm gonna, yeah, I wanna, I wanna, I'm looking at the time, I got uh, less than a minute. So, okay, here we go. This is the last thing I'm gonna say today before I sign this out. And this is directly from Talata. It says, be strong in love. Love is what carries through. Love is what heals. Love is the strength of life. Love has no limit. Therefore, let love become who you are. Let love evolve to its fruition. Let the light that is love burn bright. Let its wisdom guide you to higher understanding and its power move you to teach its power to others. Love. Okay, we are the Light Gate. I hope you all had a good time with us. We will see you next Monday night at 9, 10 p.m. Uh, We're coming to you live from the beautiful city of New Orleans at the United Public Radio Network at 107.7 FM and the UFO Paranormal Radio Network at 105.3 FM. We love you. Roku, we love you. Facebook, every all our other. YouTube, all of y'all. Night, night. Love. Love, love you. Love you guys. <laughs> see ya. <laughs>